0: Some people think they cannot be pulled away from faith in God. They are surrounded by their church. They have people all around them. They're singing songs and very excited over everything, and everyone is patting them on the back, and we're all standing together, and everything is wonderful, and everything is great. And scriptures of warning, and often us those of us who give warnings, are It just this nonsense to them. Yet the Bible warns us, and I warn us. I've seen people who have been in our little church group 39 years, two different women, 39 years. I've seen them turn their back and walk away. I've seen them attack me. I've seen them accept thoughts of devils that seem to them rational. I've seen them become offended with me, and I've seen them fail to take it to God and let God straighten it out. I have seen them become frightened of what they might have to go through and turn away from the faith in God, who is our only hope. Our only hope. The only thing real is God, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and that which God brings to us by His Spirit. So this podcast is something that I think we need very much, and I think God wants presented very much. Hebrews 3, exhort one another daily. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. One woman told me that her teenage daughter had a boyfriend who left the church. And the teenage daughter was going to go out and bring him back to the church. I was horrified. I told the mother, I said, no, she won't bring him back. He will cause her to depart. The mother said, oh, that would never happen. That will never happen to my daughter. You don't understand what level of faith she has. I know the warnings given by the scriptures about the end times. Jesus said in the end times, in the Great Tribulation, it would get so bad that even the elect would not be saved unless the time were shortened. But for the elect's sake, the time would be shortened, Matthew 24. Jesus warns us in Matthew 24 about the end times. And you think we're not in the end times when they are insisting that we approve homosexuals and lesbians, when many churches are approving homosexuals and lesbians because they're afraid. They're not quoting the Bible. Even when they say they're going by the Bible, they're not quoting the Scriptures. The Scriptures, what do they say? That's our only hope. The Scriptures holding on to the New Testament Bible. For example, homosexuals and lesbians. What is God's opinion? What does God say? That's what we hold on to. And when a homosexual or a lesbian crosses our path, and that person says to us, uh, do you approve of homosexuals and lesbians? What are you going to say? I've had a woman say that to me. She's likely a lesbian. It was so shocking all I could say at the time was, "I know I don't think so. And then after she left, I wrote to her and gave her the scriptures on this subject. Old and New Testament scriptures. It's not my opinion. It's what God says in the Holy Bible. So let's look at it. What does God say? This is what you have to be prepared to give to the other person who crosses your path, who inquires, what do you think about homosexuals and lesbians? Romans chapter 1. We've got Old Testament scriptures too, but we'll take the New Testament. Romans 1, verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural youth into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural youth of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. That is what God says in the Holy Bible about homosexuals and lesbians. And Paul tells us in Romans 12, be not conformed to the thinking of this world on the subjects, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Holy Scriptures. In Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says all Scripture is inspired by God. All Scripture, Old and New Testament. And the Old Testament is for our admonition to warn us. The New Testament is the new covenant and what will happen to those who try to follow God while departing from Scripture. That's all we have. In the New Testament church, we have the New Testament Bible. There is no doctrine except the New Testament Bible. You cannot throw Romans 1 out on the subject of homosexual and lesbian without throwing out all of the Bible and Jesus Christ. You can't do it. You have to cling to all Scripture. All Scripture. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. Paul warns us, Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned from God, what has God told you, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned, and it's God who is our teacher, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, throughly furnished unto all good works. So the devil comes along and whispers to us things like, now, these are Buddhist people. They believe in their God. They'll be all right. They're going to commit terror and fly planes into buildings and kill people because Allah told them to. And as they're flying the plane into the building, praise Allah, thinking they will awaken in paradise. That's what devils whisper to you. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me, by Jesus Christ, the word of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the word from the beginning was with God and was God. The Holy Bible, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. That's who we cling to. That's our hope. That's what hope we have. And if you think devils won't bring ideas against the godly to your mind, you're wrong. They will. They will try to get you to rebel against the godly, the truly godly. A woman told me one time, said, you are the most godly person I've ever known. About three weeks after that, she was on the phone talking to me and began to attack me. And these were offenses that she had carried in her heart against me for decades. Decades. Without taking them to God and letting God construct her thoughts. On that telephone conversation, I was living at Pam Paget's house when it happened. And I said to her, we need to get Pam Paget on this telephone to hear this. So I called Pam to the extension. Pam could hear the woman shouting over the telephone with the door to my bedroom closed. It was that loud. It was totally unreasonable. When you run into something totally unreasonable, look for one source, devils. Devils are leading that person. Devils are speaking through that person. It's devils. It's sad, but you can't follow devils. Every one of us have thoughts that come from devils. They test us to see if we'll go along with their thinking. You cannot go along with thoughts from devils. Now, that seems logical, but when the devils speak to us, they don't say, hello, this is the devil speaking. They bring a thought in the first person as if it's your thought. You have to put on the brakes. This is part of the enduring. In the case of this woman, she left us in 2019, and she's still not back. Another woman in our church group, she also had been in our church group 39 years. At the time this happened, I was in the hospital, and I had had surgery, and I had been given drugs And at that moment in my hospital room, as I was in my hospital bed, I saw this woman from our church group standing at the foot of my hospital bed. She stared at me, and then she turned her back and walked through the wall and disappeared. I thought I was having a drug hallucination. Two weeks later, I was in a rehab hospital. This same woman came to my room, sat down in the chair beside me, and said, I don't care about anything or anyone anymore. I no longer read the Bible. I no longer read the blog. I do not care about anyone. And she got up from the chair, and I said, Wait, wait, if you go this way, what is going to happen to you? And she said, I don't want to talk about this with you. She turned her back and went into the private bathroom that was in my hospital room and shut the door. At that point, I knew it was not a hallucination from drugs when I had that vision of her where she turned her back on me and walked through the wall, disappearing. I called out to her. A nurse had come in my room to do something with me. And I called out to this woman who was in my bathroom with the door shut. And I said, don't leave. Wait till nurse finishes with me. Don't leave. I was going to try to talk to her about this had to be devil speaking through her. I had absolute proof there was one thing she cared about. She had a little dog and I knew she cared about the little dog. I could show her how irrational what she said was and how she had taken in thoughts from devils. But while the nurse was working with me, I saw the door to the bathroom open and she snuck out of the room. The vision from God happened. You think these things can't happen to us? Why do you think we're warned in the Bible? What does it say in 1 Peter chapter 5? What's the warning in 1 Peter chapter 5? Verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He will devour anyone who will allow him to Take those thoughts in. He will eat you alive and destroy you. And you, in fact, will end up destroying yourself by failing to take those thoughts to God in prayer and letting God establish the truth. So it says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith? I've had times this past year when I had to just grab hold of the time that God spoke to me and caused me to be born again. August 5th, 1975, God said to me, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes, those were sins. And I said, "Ah, sins! It was the Holy Spirit showing me my sins, that I could be saved. And I was born again at that second. I have had to go back and remember that and cling to it and talk to God about it. I have had some very strong spiritual warfare in this year of 2021. And the amazing thing to me is there hasn't been any problem going on in my life this year. It's just spiritual warfare out of the clear blue for no reason. And I've said to God, thank you for my salvation. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for opening my eyes to your word. You say enough thank yous to God and the devil will flee from you. You focus on the truth and resist the devil with the truth. You see, that's what it takes in spiritual warfare. You have to hold on. I have to hold on. That is spiritual warfare. Well, I've seen two people who were with us for 39 years, 39 years each, and one of them I thought was a prophet. And I've seen terrible destruction in the lives of individuals who have been raised in the church and have in all likelihood even called by God. One of them, at least. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says, These events of the Old Testament happened for our admonition so that we can be warned by these things that they did. One of the things amazing is in Exodus 15, they are delivered from Pharaoh. God causes the Red Sea to drown Pharaoh and all of his chariots, 600 chariots. They are rejoicing over the deliverance that God has brought to their life. They're out of Egypt. God is leading them. Their main enemy has been destroyed. They have a great victory. They know it was God doing it. And shortly after this victory, they ended up saying to God, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full for ye have brought us forth unto this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger that's exodus 16:3 they just had this huge victory In Exodus 15, and the whole thing of Exodus 15 is the victory with Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron, singing and leading the people in song and having all of the excitement and the celebration. And the next thing in the wilderness, they turn on God. And when I read that the first time, I thought, how can this be? How could this happen? How could they do this? Oh, since that time... It's not just been patting each other on the back and singing songs. There are lots and lots and lots of tribulation that we go through, as Peter said. And so much of it has to do with problems with people in the church. But as a new Christian, I thought like some of you do. I would never do that. I would never do what they did in the Old Testament now I feel very warned. Hang on. Hang on. I have scriptures that I keep before me. I keep them in my Kindle photo album and collect those scriptures and focus on those scriptures day and night. And I wonder sometimes, how in the world can these church people be with these unbelievers, with the relatives, the relatives who go to church but don't believe the Bible? How can they Be with them and not be destroyed. Why would I think that? Because I know the warnings from God that if you continue with them, they will be thorns in your side, pricks in your eyes, and vex you in the place God has given you. We can't do it. We can't even be with the church people who are unbelievers, let alone the world who worships money who worships gambling and wants to get their money from gambling and wants to get their money from ways of the world. The king of Sodom came to Abraham and offered him possessions. And Abraham turned to the king of Sodom in Genesis 14 and said, I've lifted up my hand before the Lord that I will not take even a thread to a shoe latchet from you, lest you say you've made Abram rich. He wanted his riches to be from God. You want to win the lottery? I don't. I tell God, no, I don't want any part of this. I want my riches to be from you. I want what I have to be from you. I swore that many years ago, 45 years ago. And since that time, I've come back to that scripture many times. I don't want these things. Sometimes we look at famous people that we admire. I have a great admiration for great actors and great actresses, and I enjoy seeing them so much. One of them is Margaret Rutherford, who did a lot of the Agatha Christie Miss Marple things. She died years ago. I saw a biography about her recently. And toward the end of the biography, she really went completely crazy. She believed in spiritualism. She believed in ghosts. She believed in all types of things that the world believes in. It was sad to me, but it straightened me out, and I came back to my senses and said, No, I wouldn't trade my life for anything. I'm a great admirer of... The writings of Agatha Christie. I wouldn't trade my life for any of these people because God has revealed himself to me and I belong to him. And that is the only thing worth having. The only thing. Some people say, oh the greatest moment of, of my life was when I married. The greatest moment of any of our lives is when we're born again. Because it's a great miracle from God. He rescued us from the world and brought us out and gave us hope and gave us all things and fulfills all our need. And this world is not our God. Money is not our God. The time will come when they will cast their silver and gold into the streets because it's worth nothing. That time is coming. That's in Ezekiel chapter 7. That will happen. The only thing worth having is salvation. Being born again by the Spirit of God. Being changed by God. Being chosen by God. That's everything. Nothing else we can even think of matters. No memory matters. Nothing matters. Being chosen by God and belonging to God and believing in the God who created the heaven and earth and Jesus Christ who died for our sins, and not just our sins. We have the Spirit of God in us so that we can live victoriously on this earth by doing that which God shows us by His Spirit to do. We have everything. Everything. And we overcome through God, turning to God, taking thoughts captive, taking our these thoughts to God, and letting God establish our thoughts, and get ourselves in good, solid condition and cling to Scripture. So I put these Scriptures on my Kindle photo album, and I meditate on these Scriptures day and night. And when I see these people who are born again trying to live with people in churches who don't even believe the Bible, they're relatives, I know they don't know this Scripture in numbers that I read constantly because God warned the people in the Old Testament, if you won't drive those inhabitants of the nations out of the land and you try to live with them, they will be thorns in your side. They will grieve you continually with their words. You won't bring them to God that way. They will take you away from God. I've spoken the truth of scriptures many times, once to my mother. And after I read the Bible to her, she said, well, I guess we better not do that anymore. And she agreed with God and was born again that second. I've seen my uncle born again because I shared with them what it was to be born again. I'm not an evangelist. I'm an apostle prophet. But I've seen people saved because I would share the word with them. And I've seen people turn from me because I shared the word with them. But salvation's of God. You see, God opens the eyes of those whom he wants to open their eyes, whom he's saving. God opens their eyes so they can believe. And I've seen that happen several times. And I've seen it happen where I've shared a scripture with them. And that same person is totally blind and there is no life. The Holy Spirit is not convicting that person of sin. And they go their own way. I've seen both. And I've seen people who I believe were born again who turned from God. And I've seen one that I don't believe she was ever born again. She just was taken to church from the time she was a baby. And her mother held her hand and all the way up to the time she was in her 60s or so, and I don't think she was ever born again. I've seen all of that. But I'm telling you, we have to hold fast to the end. Now let's go back and look at what Jesus said in that passage of Scripture that we started with. We are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. You cannot let anyone or anything pull you off of your faith in God. You must cling, just like I told you, I cling to the moment I was born again. I cling to what I heard God say to me when I was born again. I cling to that. That was of God, as much as any scripture. And I cling to scripture. My God will supply all my need. All my need. So what's the problem? If God will supply all my need. So oil goes to $300 a barrel. So what? You think God can't take care of us in the wilderness? You think God can't feed his people in the wilderness? See, you have to fight for faith. You fight the good fight of faith. You cling to the things God and the Holy Spirit have said to you. And you cling to all of the Bible, the New Testament Bible no matter what any devil says or any person says who are speaking opposite to the bible and you have to you have to fight you can't go along with these things you fight and jesus warned us in matthew 24 verses 12 and 13 and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold i believe that means a love for the bible and the things of god will wax cold i told you about that woman that i felt was a prophet and i felt she was born again and she was with us 39 years it got to the point toward the end before she attacked me i would call her so excited about something i'd heard from god she would listen and there was no excitement or enthusiasm. And then when we started talking about a television program or a movie or some fine acting, she came alive. But she was stone cold dead toward the things of God. I believe this happened to her. Somehow she let the iniquity into her life. It could happen just through watching the wrong television shows, watching the news all the time. It could happen by reading the wrong books. It could happen through your family members. But in her life, I saw it happen. And I saw her go stone-cold dead. She was excited about things of God when I first met her. 39 years later, she didn't care. She didn't want to hear about what God was doing. She wanted to hear things of this world. She turned. Jesus says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. There was another thing this woman lacked, and that's endurance. She wanted one victory and then no more trouble. That's not the way it happens. We go from victory to victory. That means problem to problem. But we overcome through turning to God. And as long as we are breathing, there will be trouble. And we overcome all problems by turning to God and talking to Him about the problem and asking Him for help And then believing what he tells us and clinging to that. I'll give you one last example here today. In the year, well, it was 2021, I was bombarded with some thoughts. What happens to you if you can't walk? You're 83 years old now. What happens to you if you can't walk? You can't keep living here. You'll have to go to assisted living if you can't walk. And I was just bombarded with those thoughts. And I cried out to God, God, help me. And I heard, God will supply all your need. And I said, oh, that's right. God will supply all my need. That's what will happen. Whatever I need. As long as he keeps me alive on this earth, he will supply all my need. Well, the devil fled from me. See, that's how you take thoughts captive. These thoughts come that seem very realistic and you cry out to God and then he brings you something and you believe it and you say, oh, yes, that's what will happen. And you cling to that. Collect those scriptures, meditate in the word of God, keep it before you. Those are real. Well, there's going to be a lot of problems, but victory always through God. To turning to God and hearing from Him. Holding our confidence steadfast unto the end, and there have been times, it's been so bad in my life, that I have just gotten into bed and hung on to the mattress and said, Praise God, thank you for my salvation. Praise God, thank you for my salvation. Praise God, thank you for my salvation. And the devil has fled. Just like the Bible says, it will happen. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.